right, welcome, folks. Yet, uh, welcome to season two of Mostly AV with our gracious host Michelle Lorette and hey. myself, Jerry Gallegos. That's right, the one and the only. That's right. Hey, Jerry, how's it going? It's going good. How about yourself? Pretty good. Pretty good. So we are we're wrapping Excellent. up uh, mm-hmm. 2019. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, only a little bit of time left. Coming yeah. into 2020. I didn't like 2019, so I'm thrilled that it's over, actually. Yeah, it, it, it flew by for me. It did go by very quickly. Yeah, a lot more uh, quickly than I anticipated. But, right. um, but that's good. But it's over, and so now we're on to a, a new decade. A and new decade, a new zero. Yeah. I think it's important, though, that we take a second to, uh, to reflect and appreciate all of our past uh, guests and co-hosts. Yes, absolutely. That join us. So, uh, shout out to uh, David Williams, of course, uh, Clay Wisner, Joe Smart, Chris Gillespie, Justin Watts, Adam Castaneda, and Paul Zealy. Yes, absolutely. Thank you guys for I know. participating. A very astute group, I might add. A lot of brain power in that bunch. I know. We know a lot of good people. <laughs> <laughs> well, and a lot of other people um, did agree to come on the show. Right. Um, and then I just fell off the wagon uh, the mm-hmm. last quarter. There was just too much going on. Yeah, we had a bunch of women's council stuff happening, and yeah, it just unfortunately I didn't make it happen, even though you kept asking me to. So I apologize. That's okay. It I'll, happens. I'll I, do better. Life gets life gets in the way sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so um, exciting stuff happening for the uh, Avixa Women's Council Houston chapter. Oh, excellent. Yeah, so we've got uh, we've added some new Houston leaders because it's oh okay. Well, there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of people in Houston, right. and the council is not just for women. It's for people who also support women. Right. Um, and so I figure everybody has a, a little bit of a different strength. Um, that they can bring to the equation. So we've added uh, Josie Mulroy with AVISPL. Oh, most of our our local tweeps all know all know Josie. Uh, We've added Tina Lang with MCA Communications. And uh, excellent. Yeah, Tina's got a good background in um, K through twelve education. And uh, the Women's Council has a big STEM initiative. And Mm -hmm. so I kind of needed somebody who's familiar and has a lot of contacts in that world and can traverse it and has a background. So she's good. And then we've added. uh, Nicole Hawthorne with AVJV. And Nicole's wonderful. She is a marketing pro. Very, very bright, super sweet, uh, pleasure to work with. I've, I've gotten to work with her on several different things, and she's uh, she's going to be a good asset, too. So I think we've got that covered. It's always nice. And then outside of just new leaders, we do have a kind of a committee um, uh, that helps even a little bit bigger. So we also have uh, Jessica Gomez okay. with Conference Technologies and Samantha Meisen, who may or may not be related to Josie Mulroy, who also works at AVISP. Nice <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm excited. We've got um, a lot of cool ideas coming up for next year, events that we're going to be planning. Uh, International Women's Day is okay. in March. It is... Um, it is celebrated around the world, and so wow. it happens to be on a Sunday this year, mm-hmm. and so we are planning a tour at Glenwood Cemetery. I know that sounds morbid, oh, yeah. um, but it's not. It's not. They Because uh, they have a Women of Glenwood uh, tour, walking oh, tour, okay. where they talk about all the amazing historic women that are actually buried at Glenwood Cemetery. Oh, wow. Okay. And, yeah, we wanted to try and come up with events. Um, oftentimes, we were just doing stuff like – Later in the afternoon, right? Or, you know, something right. uh, where early evening. And that doesn't really necessarily work for everybody. So we wanted to be able to do 
a whole bunch of different types of events that would allow people, you know, maybe they, they're not in a position at work where they can actually leave or their right. employers are mean or they don't support women in AV and they won't let right. them leave. But maybe the nature of their job is that they're just not, they don't have that freedom, like as if they were in sales or something. So right, exactly. I figure if we can do maybe Saturday or a few Saturday or Sunday events, right. that that helps kind of cast the net wide. Right, make the event inter- interesting enough to, to really have that draw. Well, yeah, as well. And, and you know, also if they want to bring their kids, that's fine. Yeah, Makes the more it, the yeah, merrier. Exactly. I mean, we, we want to get the next generation involved. And right. When you ask a lot of people how they got into AV, as we know, because we always ask everybody how they got into it, most people fell into it. Um, right. Outside of Joe and his laser-like focus, attending Full Sail University, not everybody has that. Um, and so as a result, you just kind of, oh, now I'm an AV. Okay, wow, this is cool. I like these people. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll stick around. Sure. Right. Learn a lot. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to, uh, to 2020. Yeah. And, uh, and the Women's Council. Awesome. Yeah, so we have a, a big initiative, and I would like to encourage everyone, if you go to the Avixa website, which I don't mm-hmm. like the way it's formatted. Sorry, Avixa. Um, and I just don't. <laughs> you know, always have to scroll through a bunch of stuff. But if you go to the committees, you can find the Avixa Women's Council. Um, and we have a lot of different councils. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have uh, manufacturer rep council we've got a diversity council uh, there's a rental and staging live events council so i think there's something for everyone and for me it's just it made it more meaningful to start participating in an avixa group right because yeah i'm not a cts so i didn't already have a tie um to avixa other than knowing yes it's our you know that's our trade show etc so so i must interrupt yeah yeah yeah. is this the year you do get that ctf i do need to get this i know i need to legitimize myself um yeah i i am i am i think well i think i should get my cts and i think david williams should get his ctsd i know i I need to as well i know i'm surprised you don't I, i think it's just making the time right it is about making the time uh the cts is is a it's an it's a good sized commitment. The yeah. CTSD is uh, exponentially more right. involved. Yeah. Um, and if depending on how your life is, unless mm-hmm. you do it, you know, kind of like sponsored by your company, where right. you need to spend a good couple of weeks just nothing but studying to yeah. really do it right. And as we all know in this day and age, I'm. You know, we we barely keep our heads above water with all the projects that we got. And well, but it's finding time. And the last thing you want to do is when you go home is more stuff, more I, work. Stuff. I, I get that. I get that. But we we make time for things we want to do. That's true. I mean, I will make time to watch an entire season of a show on Netflix, and mm-hmm. I might not have had that twelve hours <laughs> carved out, <laughs> but miraculously, I'll somehow make time and get nothing else accomplished. And there's something else to be said also about taking um, any of those certifications. Is it, it's kind of two part. Mm-hmm. There's the subject matter, right. and then there's also the style of the test, right? Yeah. And so that's kind of a two part thing, but. Mm-hmm. If people look at it kind of like eating the elephant, right, and they just break it down into manageable size chunks, right. then as a result – and do it consistently. You know, just like if you were going to start exercising, something else that's on that list of 
5,000 things I need to do. But, you know, if you make the time and say, okay, every Monday, you know, from 6 to 7, I'm going to knock out as much as possible, whatever that is. Right. Um, and I'm glad that you mentioned that um, because not everybody is fortunate enough to have an employer that will sponsor their right. certification. And that is something that we are also putting together for the Women's Council in Houston is oh, a scholarship packages. Oh, yeah. yeah nice. So, and keeping in mind, our, our, our particular council is open to everyone, not just women. Right. But if you are um, a member of the council, male or female, and you do not have the luxury of having an employer that mm -hmm. can sponsor it, um, we'll get it paid for. We'll get you taken care of. Find a way. Hey, yeah. Excellent. I mean, I think knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And I... You know, it's funny because I work with a lot of really, really smart people that don't have their certification right. or the advanced certification, but yet I know know what they're talking about and know what they're doing. Right, so, exactly. You know, if that's an obstacle, we want to do what we can to remove that obstacle. Right. And, and I think that's, you know, for somebody like David and myself is that we've both been in this industry for several decades. Yeah, I know. That really, it, it's almost, I don't feel it as a need. It's, it's. Right. You know, I've kind of sort of ground. I, you know, I've been in the industry longer than it's, it. The CTS has existed, sure. And and it's not patting myself in the back. I'm just it. It, it seems like a formality that's really only required to for somebody like me. It, yeah. It does prove that you know at least a certain level. Well, and I would say there's also you know sometimes it's a requirement. It is a requirement, especially on a lot of consultant yes, specs. It's now absolutely. it's like you know, designer must have CTSD. Right. Somebody on the team needs to meet. So yeah, so you can be adding value not only to yourself, right, right but also to um, to your employer or potential employer, right? Right, right. You know, but, but like I said, I'm just speaking to the the you know like you make you, time for stuff that you feel you need. Right. You don't need that validation. I don't need that validation. Right. And and. Uh, I'm not right. I'm just being sure. lazy. No, no, no. I but, get it. You know, I mean, but I, that is one. Of, that is one of the factors that we go. You know, everybody goes. Well, how come you don't have it? You know, all this stuff. Like, yeah, but it takes a lot of time because the this, this is like one of my gripes with Avixa is that they don't test you on what you know. Mm -hmm. They test you on what they teach. Yeah. And and that's are, part of what I was saying with different things, yes yeah. with the with the stylization and understanding the style yeah and you know I think that they are attempting to expand mm -hmm. their product offering and grow you know which is good well they have to be universal yes. so they can't assume that you know I've in taking certain certifications in the past I found that there's certain things that are regional oh really you know like certain terminology that might be used up north that. Uh -huh. We've never heard of down here, in, you know, on the third coast. Yeah. So they don't call them tweakers up north? Squawkers. <laughs> For the mid-range drivers up somewhere, where, wherever whenever, wherever that particular organization comes from, uh -huh. they use the term squawkers for mid-range drivers. Uh -huh. And at the time that I took this test, I went around asking um, at LD Systems, which is a big production house. And yes. went veterans... You know, people that were on tour with Steve Ray Vaughan and stuff like that. Have uh -huh. you ever heard the term squawker? And they're like, "What? What is that? I don't yeah. know." What are you talking about? But yet it was a it was it was a a question that I got wrong because I didn't know that term. Oh, that's interesting. So when you take the test, they let you know what you get wrong. Yes. Okay. Oh, that particular one, yeah, for that organization. Okay. It w that was not a Vixa. It was not a Vixa. 
But was it Synod Con? Yes. Oh, okay. I've heard of them. Very excellent reputation. They, they do. They do. Yeah. They have a great a- reputation. I don't fault them. I just, but it, I think that's the part that really kind of smacked me in the head when people go, like, we're teaching you, we're testing you on what we teach you, not on what you know. Yeah. Okay. But that's and, fair. Right. Right. Exactly. So you got, it, and that's with any of these certifications, you really got to go in, learn how to read the questions properly. Yeah. You know, yeah, because a lot of us when 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 you know too much, you tend to skip, look at the answers, and then fit fit the, <laughs> and to then the back question. into it, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> and then go, and that's, all right, which is this, yeah, right, exactly, because you Guilty. might you might read a certain part of the question and think that that's the answer you're looking for, when in fact it might be something further down the question that's like, yeah. oh no, they really want to know this. They don't need to know A. They want to know what B is. You know. Well, and so also we have, you know, we know a lot of Avixa educators, Mm -hmm. so we're lucky. um, Many are um, out of the Houston Territory, which is is a huge plus. Um, And I am going to be uh, working. I do, uh, in 2020, I'm going to be doing special projects for AVCOIP, which is Paul Zeely's company. Oh, okay. So, yeah, one of the special projects things is offering uh, continuing education to companies nationally. Right. So um, so that's going to be nice because he's really good at uh, – I mean, he's written a lot of Avixa content, uh, course content oh, yeah, over the knows. years. And so uh, what's nice about him is he can actually customize it right. according to what – what the integrator or the end user or the consultants or whomever the audience is, whatever Mm -hmm. they want. So they can take a look, you know, maybe they want an hour of security training, you know, and obviously an hour is only going to be at a certain level, you know, a higher level, Mm -hmm. or maybe they want a deep dive, you know, into something that's more like NAVs, right? Network AV systems. So, uh, so yeah, so that's something that I'll be working on with him. Um, in 2020, along with my 15,000 other side hustles. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, I, uh, I'm going to be doing some consulting for Userful. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, software, you know, I, mm-hmm. I love me some software. You do? Uh, it's a video wall processing software because we don't always need a, a fixed matrix. Sorry, all the manufacturers. Um, <laughs> a lot of stuff is getting software virtualized. Yeah, um, exactly, yeah. So, yeah, so I'm going to be working with Userful, so I'm pretty pretty stoked about that. And what else was I going to be doing? Oh, I'm going to be acting as a client advocate for uh, AVJV. For, oh, nice. Yeah, for my buddy Darren's uh, Tezanos company. So. Excellent. So lots of jobs. None of them give me health insurance, but that's okay. Um, I have that through my husband's company. So there you go. But, uh, yeah, so you so, covered. I know. I'm excited. Yeah, I think there's a lot of heavy lifting to be done, mm-hmm. um, but I think there's a lot of opportunity. I no. am not an. Are you worried about the economy? I I, I hate to be a doomsdayer, but I I do think that um, next year is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. However. I've noticed it slowing down because of the oil patch. So, and, and I know you've seen that. Although you're super, still super busy. Oh yeah. But it's you know how it is. And in certain ways, some people are ramping up. Yeah. They're preparing for it. However, you know, the political environment does cause certain people to either delay, delay. Yeah. Put projects put off. Put projects off until you know, because we are in the best economy the U.S. has ever had. Right. We're no Australia, though, who is like, I don't know, over 26 years and they've never had a recession. Right. We, we all want to be Australia. Mm. We don't, economically. 
Seriously. I mean, they, you know, well, yes no recession, no. no depression. Come on. that That's not a bad thing, is it? But that, that's also, it's kind of like your investments. Yeah. If you go aggressive, you, you you stand to lose. If you go conservatively, conservative, you know, and you're you're gonna gain, but not nowhere near. Well, so the I, possibilities aren't as. I don't know. I don't live there, I, yeah. So I can't speak to it. But well, you know. I, I also think that um, I guess it does depend a lot on what verticals. Right. Exactly. So because education's always going to be spending. Right. right. There's always exactly. going to be bonds issued. There's always going to be, you know, higher mm-hmm. education exactly. has become more competitive. Right. I was actually at a, um, well, two things. Um, so my friend uh, Joe Way, who he has the Higher Ed AV podcast, which I highly recommend. He started a, an organization for higher education technology managers. Okay. And they did their first uh, three-day virtual conference. Nice. Yeah. So it was all virtualized. It was all on Zoom. It was really good. Uh, very, very nice. Excellent. They had the chat open, you right. know, so people could post so questions or they could just post them directly to uh, the administrators, like the panels. So it was right. a bunch of panel sessions laid out really nice. It, I, I think it originated probably with a, a gentleman, um, Art Danner, um, Art of AV on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Art, a couple years ago, couldn't attend Infocom. And so he was creating non-com. Uh, his son was having to have a real major surgery, and he wanted to distract himself from worrying about you know the surgery right. and the outcome exactly. and yeah. if everything was going to be okay. And so he started tweeting about non-com, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah. And he was really funny about it. And then another guy, A.V. Grump, Harry Mead, hopped in on it, and they just had me crying laughing. It was really, really funny. And just every Infocom hashtag had to have a non-com with it as well. And it was about the same time as the uh, SPOAV, which is the short mm-hmm. people of AV Alliance, which is a little bit more informal, um, not a, not necessarily a recognized group, except we all recognize each other. Um, and so... Uh, I guess I could join that group. Yeah, no, you're too tall. I'm too and tall. And so, uh, yeah, it's more for people like me, Josie, Victoria, Ferrari, you know, mm. the, the petite folks. Yeah. Um, the, the closer you get to five foot, oh. That's right. The better, <laughs> the better, the smarter. Big things come in small packages. But... Uh, we had been talking about non-com being a virtual conference. That right. way everyone could attend. And no, then, yeah, and then Joe problem. just put it all together and did it, you know? Right. And I don't even know if he knew how good it was going to be, but he had great panels, uh, really bright people, a lot of people that you may have already seen or heard um, in other podcasts like on AV Nation or Rave Pubs or, you know, or the Higher Ed AV podcast. Right, exactly. or, you know, so it was a, a lot of people that like to participate and like to share and give back and swap ideas. And one of the things that came up was esports because okay. some of the colleges are, this is a serious thing. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's a good thing for, for pro AV, quite frankly. Uh, yeah. I mean, if I grew up knowing that like playing Atari, I could have turned into a career. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I, oh, no. I would have quit school. I mean, at probably seventh grade. You know, I, I could play. I could have played Atari for. I played for hours on end, just like the kids do with their right. PS4s and all that other stuff today. So, uh, yeah, and I was sitting in on a meeting um, at U of H at the end of last year, and they were they're evaluating. Wow, yeah. yeah, so, and we have a professional team. You know, we have oh, the yeah, Houston Outlaws here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so we, we mm. do have a pro esports team. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's it's a huge business. It's very interesting. And so I'll be curious. Uh, I don't know if you saw that I posted on Facebook 
about Full Sail University doing their esports arena. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, because I just thought it was so neat. Because apparently, and I haven't been to a lot of these events. Right. Obviously, um, I've only seen pictures or video. But they need kind of different types of configurations. Right. So it's almost like a live events type space. You know, mm. some settings are, are you know theater in the round type deals, and right. some are, are not. You know, so it just depends on what type of setup for right. that particular game. Game, or, right, right. Um, and yeah, they put together a really cool system that oh, I thought, okay. oh, this is neat. Yeah, well, really, yeah. I, I've seen some uh, some events because I used to I used to follow watch. I, turns out I like watching gamers play. Do as you? Opposed to, yeah. Oh, ah, nice. Well, uh, there's a game. Uh, I forget. Uh, Player unknowns battleground or some PUBG. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Where it's uh, you know people running around k- killing each other, which. Turns out I don't like playing. Yeah, because I'm one of those people that have like ultra slow hand-eye coordination stuff. So it's like I'm dead in the first thirty seconds. (laughs) So I just don't get no fun out of it. But I do enjoy watching people that are good play it. Yeah, it's you know, and those people have their own personalities. But anyway, they have these conventions where they get you know they have you know the the world championship of this game, and it's it's like watching the Olympics almost. You know, video production. Uh People walk around with you know. With remote, you know, camera, you know, wireless cameras and mics and stuff, and interviewing again. It's a full-on production. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that uh, I think that's going to have some legs. That's going to mm-hmm. go really far. It's just going to yeah. continue to blow up. How, how could it not? Right. Exactly. Especially, I think with um, what well, games just look so real. Real. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know the 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 production quality, right? Oh, on, yeah, yeah. on the animation is. Is is it's pretty amazing. Coupled up, you know, with artificial, with AI stuff and right. VR stuff, you know, when you when you kind of roll everything in together, right? The tools just keep getting better and better and better. Right, so. exactly. Yeah, I mean, I uh, used to have a complete flight simulator set up with hardware and stuff, and uh-huh. all the you know the hardware switches and radios and all this stuff. And you know, I used I used to have a projector to show you know the screen on the wall, uh-huh. and it was great. But now I. Everything I do it, I do it with the Oculus Rift. You oh, know, do you? In, yeah, in, in VR. Cool. So the same, the same software, because uh, now you, you can look around, which is about, that's one of the drawbacks to simulators. Uh-huh. When you have all the hardware, that so you can't really look around. Yeah. So you, and that's why you see um, the big plane simulators. They got the the round screens yeah. yes, that yes. surround the cabin. Because when you when you're flying, looking around, that's how you know. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're flying, you know. Normally, you don't line up things dead in front of you. A lot of times, you you have to know when to make your turn yeah. by looking out the side. Mm-hmm. Things like that. But with the VR now, it's you turn your head and it like you're there. Nice. You know the the downfall to VR is it's interacting with the environment. Mm-hmm. It it's it, they 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 have it well down as far as being able to immerse yourself in it. Yeah. But it's how you interact with the environment. So you got to have this little handle. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And that's how you touch things and, you know, with buttons and versus that's where the advantage had when you had the physical yeah. switches and stuff like that. But if you're wearing the goggles, you can't see those things. So you can't reach oh, the radio. Oh, right. Know right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You, that's a good point. I don't know. Did you see about that plane crash that happened the other day? I did not. Yeah. There was a, a plane that was leaving um, out of the Lafayette Airport oh. in Louisiana and um, – Five people on board, and uh, it crashed. It was Ooh, fairly okay. foggy, mm-hmm. but had some visibility rating. And I know that you like flying, mm-hmm. and you know a lot about flying. And um, 
one of the young ladies was an ESPN reporter. And, oh, wow. Yeah, daughter-in-law to one of the uh, assistant coaches on the LSU football team. They were headed to the Peach Bowl oh, for, yeah, the oh. LSU um, OU game, of which LSU rolled over OU. Go Tigers. Um, yeah, very sad. But one of the things they were talking about was they weren't sure if – the pilot had instrument ratings right. because if you don't have your instrument ratings, You're then not to fly. you should not be flying when, even though that visibility is allowed, it's allowed for somebody that only has their instrument ratings and right. has that exactly. amount of yeah. knowledge. Otherwise bad things can happen. So, right. uh, yeah. So very sad story. Um, and I'm, I'm sure, wow. you know, there's still the NTSB is obviously going to investigate and get the black box and all that other stuff right. to figure out what happened. But yeah. yeah, it would just maybe think about that whenever you were talking about that. Yeah, because part of getting your instrument rating is that you literally go out flying with with goggles that block out the screen. Oh, really? So, yeah, because you have to learn how to. Fl- That's the whole point to it. Ooh. You fly strictly on the instruments. How come no one's ever told me that? I never knew that that was part of it. Yeah, that's actually it. That's when your checkout. Do you have your instrument rating? No, no, okay. no. I'm I'm at the very very beginning of going for my private uh, pilot's license. Okay. Hey, how much air time? Do you have any air time yet? Yeah, about four hours, so it's oh, not a whole lot. Okay. So there's a chance I could catch up and then go past you? Yeah, absolutely. No, not this year. I've got to not dig out year. of debt. But but if once I come up with some disposable income, because um, well, it's not cheap. It, no, it's not. Yeah. Luckily, um, actually, just going my situation, I have a very, uh, very good friend that I've known for a long time, and he's actually a pilot for United. Oh, okay. And he lives near here, uh-huh. and he owns a plane. Mm. So a few months back, he, he contacted me, and he's like, hey. He goes, I noticed that you you like the flight simulators and stuff like that, and that's something when you're thinking. He goes, well, I have a plane. He goes, you're welcome to use it at no cost other than the fuel. Oh, wow. So that pretty much cut that's the cost. Huge. Of, yeah, that is huge. Because when you when you go around a private plane, yeah, just to rent the plane for one hour, uh-huh. it's over a hundred dollars, right? Plus your fuel, plus your instructor. Yes. So when taking these lessons, it adds up to around two hundred fifty bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what's that's why people don't have a lot of people. It's very cost prohibitive for most. Well, I, I have a buddy. He's um, we were on a rodeo committee together, uh, Marvin Coleman, and Marvin's a pilot, and mm-hmm. it's like he's like third generation his grandfather was like a tuskegee one of the tuskegee airmen which is totally cool that is cool yeah he does not own a plane i need to find more friends Mm -hmm. with planes um but he did agree to do the instructor part for free we'll see that which i yeah which is very generous i mean you know i was like oh thanks marvin i appreciate it he off he made that offer five years ago i have yet to take him up on it right yeah waiting till i turn 50 make that happen so i think so i think that that's one of my exciting things for 2020 is i think i'll be able to do it in one year. Oh, yay. By having this available to me. Awesome. So. Oh, that's very exciting. Oh, mm-hmm. I love that. Well, see, and what else? What else? Uh, we've got lots of good stuff. So we are going to add mm-hmm. to the format. Yes, so we're going to switch it up a little bit. And we'll still do our mostly AV two-on-ones, right, yeah. where, where we interview an individual person and we talk to them about their background and their thoughts and all that other great stuff. Um, but we also, we've got a lot of locals and we got a lot of good people yes, we that um, we're going to have come back and uh, sit in with us so all we right. can have a little bit more of a 
continuing storyline in terms of exactly. what we're talking about because there's always loose ends and stuff's always changing. Right. And uh, so our, our first victim, I mean volunteer, is uh, <laughs> is Joe Smart. Yes. So have you listened to Joe's podcast? Uh, no, I haven't had a chance yet. You haven't? No, I've been. Uh, bad friend. I know, bad, bad friend. I will now. Well, do you want to give him a shout out for his podcast? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I don't know the name. So you isn't, it, me- isn't it the Rock Docs podcast? Is it Rock Docs? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it's a podcast about rock and roll documentaries. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know that that's what it is. Yeah. I know the you knew the premise. I knew yeah. the premise exactly. Yes. But yeah, he's he's got a great setup too as well. He's asked me to if I was interested, probably join you know uh, visit his podcast on you know on occasion. Oh, that's nice. So he invited mm-hmm. you, but he didn't invite me. That's nice. I'll have to ask Joe about that. Well, Playing I think it's favorites. more of a technical, technical uh, help. Oh, is it? Well, and, well you a lot know, of people ask me that. Now. What's like, great about Joe is that Joe actually researched about how to do podcasts right. before he ever started one, whereas we just kind of dove in with both feet. And we're like, oh, we'll figure it out. How hard can it be? And, and I was like, we're like, David, Jerry, and Michelle. We're smart enough. We'll figure this out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know that we've done everything the right way, but we've done it our way. So yeah, exactly, very, yeah. very Frank Sinatra-like. That's right. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And then also... Um, I am going to ISC, yay. Yay. So uh, for the last year in Amsterdam, very excited about that. It is the second week in February, and one of my friends, uh, Kate Calderon, uh, at Tastefully Kate on Twitter, Kate is going to be co-reporting with me because there's just way too much to see and way too much to do. And I Excellent. there's always people that I wish I had gotten to and you know Yeah, it's a lot to cover. It is. It's a huge show and right. for one person. And it's well, funny. you wanna you wanna visit so you get some knowledge. Right. And not just run there as an, as a reporter, so yes, to say. You know? Exactly. Yeah, so uh so I'm excited about that. Excellent. Um and thank you for agreeing to do all the production on that. We'll be using no our, our sure microphones uh that go attached to our iPhones. So I'm excited about that. Um and you'll have to download that program. No problem. But it's it's very straightforward. I mean, mm-hmm. well, you know, all sure products, easy to yeah. work with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about that. I think she's she's just got a great personality, and she has a real thirst for knowledge. Right. And the nice thing about reporting is it's not about talking; it's about listening and just asking a lot of questions. So right, right. in some ways, the less you know, maybe so it can be it can work to your advantage. Right. Um, and I tried the first year to do it with video, and then I just realized that wasn't going to work. Because people are so rude. Like, yeah, I'd set up this tripod and we'd be like taping and people would walk right in the booth, just completely oblivious, like they're a shopper at the HEB grocery store, not paying attention. And Mm -hmm. you're taping and they would like literally just walk in front of you. Or, oh my God, some people. Like I had people, we I'd be sitting there interviewing someone at their booth, and I'm I'm holding a microphone like up to their face, right, which is attached to my cell phone. And then somebody just starts blabbing. And, I, you know, you don't want to be mean about it, but I'm just like, I'm looking at them like, oh, my God, why are you having this big, loud conversation right here? You know, it's a big booth. Can you? Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. yeah so sometimes I have to get uh, firm with people, um, you know, making lots of hand gestures and cutting off my neck like yeah. stop or turn down turn it down you know the virtual knob that i'm turning down right. to ask them to please be more quiet um but yeah it's it's gonna be good so i'm, I'm pretty stoked about that oh yeah looking forward to it as well yeah be, it, it, it's nice that you know as people kind of come into our gravity of the show you know 
have more participation from different people and oh yeah one well, i don't know if i think I, it makes it a little bit more interesting i don't so i don't know if i told you but i had gotten into a a, a twitter conversation with amy and amy works for involved vc out of the uk okay and so she uh produces the uh the av jams uk show okay. um which has uh Three guys, the the three amigos, um, and so I got into a conversation with her, and it was around the time of the purple purple tree party right. that okay. you host every year, and I mentioned that we were going to be playing cards against humanity, and I think I might have even called it AV cards against humanity because you right. have to have a good hashtag, and we could just pretty <laughs> exactly. much put a hashtag in AV, and then anything after it, and that becomes an AV hashtag. And there you uh, go. no, no, so these guys mm-hmm. like took that conversation and literally went and created their own AV Cards Against Humanity set. Oh, awesome. And then they played it. And they don't, they do, uh, they don't just do a, an audio podcast. They actually do a vlog, right? Because okay, theirs right, has right. video. They still call it a podcast. It's actually a vlog. Which we hope to graduate into. Oh, I don't know. Hopefully you, by I'm not year. as enamored with, with video. But I get it. I mean, I do. It's fun well, when so, I'm watching other people. Right. Well, I just well, don't people, like people love to do, you know, put the face to the voice. Oh, yeah. Well, but it's funny because I've been at Infocom mm-hmm. and had people just hear my voice and be like, is that Michelle Lorette? And I'm like, well, you do what? Have, I you have know a pretty, voice. You have, you have one of those voices that's very... <laughs> it makes me laugh. I'm like, it's a oh, big you fingerprint my voice. on your voice. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, I cannot go incognito, right? Um, but yeah, so and so they ta- so they went to a bar, mm-hmm. you know, at Christmas, and they got someone to be like the host, right? And uh, and so, uh, and they played a round of, uh, of AV Cards Against Humanity that was really hilarious. Oh, I love to I see know. It, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link uh to to that uh, episode uh and those guys are really good i mean yeah they do they went to the barco headquarters you know right. and did a tour and so th- they do a lot of different things you know and sometimes they're just talking about a specific topic uh and other times they're you know uh going on field trips etc mm-hmm. you know trying to do different interesting right. things so oh, yeah that's cool I yeah like yeah that. That, that's uh a- avgm uk so uh th- yeah those guys are good and we all love a british accent and yeah. they're funny and they're in the know and just a, a, a real quality group of guys right um i highly recommend so yeah so i'm looking forward to that looking forward to uh isc with kate yeah that's all gonna be fun and uh, hopefully making some money like you know I think uh, I think 2020 is going to be good. I'm I'm cautiously so, optimistic. Yeah, it should be a good year. I mean, I, all indicators point to it being. A yeah, good year. I think so. I mean, Houston feels really good. I don't I don't have any friends that are unemployed right now. I mean, I'm. Yeah, and confidence is high, which yeah. that's the important part because that that really. Almost like perception is reality, right? If yeah. we perceive that things are good, then right. they're more likely to and be are, good. Yeah, I mean, I I know from just my workload, uh-huh. and I'm just you know again. Just the commercial AV integrator, you know, conference room, typical stuff. Yeah. You know, the, the bread and butter stuff. And it's, we're slammed. What uh, what products? What what do you see a lot going in? What what are clients asking for? Are you doing a lot of uh, Cisco rooms? Actually, no. No? No. A lot of people. Because, like, I felt like year before last, mm-hmm. uh, like, towards the end of year before last, going into the beginning of this past year or this year because it's right now December 29th but uh, there was a lot of Cisco Touch 10 going in there was but I, then that's kind of quieted down well the the behind the curtain's been exposed on it uh huh cause and I'm not a big Cisco fan okay 
are, are any of us really big Siska? No, uh, I mean, it's is. almost. I know it's got to be a necessary evil. It, I mean, it is a necessary evil, and yeah. you know what they they excel at is selling the 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 CIO on. on Absolutely, it. that's what they excel at. That's yeah. what they, nobody but, gets fired for buying Cisco products. And don't get me wrong, they do not make bad products. No, no, Their no. Product is no one's good. saying they are. It's just it it. It's them having to adapt to a dying technology. Yeah. You know, and it's up to integrators Mm -hmm. and people, you know, to, you know, to find a a path Mm -hmm. where, you know, you can't, because you can't really sell that $5,000 room anymore. It's really hard. No, I know. You know, even if now that, you know, confidence is high, people are spending money, they're like, well, I can do you know the same feature set, right? The same check boxes. You know you can do that for twenty five. Sure. You know, and you know fifteen thousand dollar codec is just you'd be a fool to buy one. Right. Well, you know, unless there's a use case that mandates a hardware based codec, which there are. You know, there are. Yeah. And you know, defense projects, things like that. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, so I do think that there. I, what's curious is I'm curious who's going to be like the last man standing on making hardware based codecs because they'll end up winning in some ways, right? Just and, like the last company that all was adapting. still making you know yeah, Blu-ray they, players or whatever, right. you know. They're all adapting, you know. So you know the Cisco room now it's kind of sort of a codec. Uh-huh. It's, it's almost like they're taking the codec and just turning it into a uh, uh, Cloud-based yes. codec, right? Know? So it's really just a little PC. Uh huh. The uh, Poly's doing that the same, you know. Uh, yeah. So everybody, you know, you know, Crestron has their little, you know, virtual room thing. And, yep. And the big thing that we're seeing is the bring your own device rooms. Mm-hmm. That's the easy sell because it makes sense to people. You know, the a new iPad. Mm-hmm. Has a hundred times the horsepower than you know an old hardware codec. Had oh yeah, yeah. Seven years ago, sure, you know? absolutely. The and it's all based around uh, basically internet speeds. Mm-hmm. You know, internet or connection connectivity is cheap now. You know, you're able to get. I mean, right here in my home office, I have two hundred megabyte. You know? Yeah, it's blazing fast, and you know that ten years ago would have cost you, you know. 10 grand a week. A oh, month, absolutely. You know, so I'm silly, but yeah. In the old days when we used to borrow music through a platform called Napster, mm. um, remember when you look for a song, you were always looking for somebody that had a T1 or a T3 or so, you know, you didn't right, want exactly, any, yeah. you didn't want anyone because it would show you the speeds, right? right. And so you knew what you were uh, loading from. And right. Yeah, you didn't want anyone who had dial up. That know. would take 15 hours for one song. I right? remember uh, when I lived in the Caribbean working for a, a banker. We paid over ten thousand dollars a month for a single, no, for two ISDN lines. Wow! I, know. I mean, granted, it's, it's to crazy. the island, yeah. So. Well, yeah, yeah, I get it. Things are but, more expensive. But, but yeah, no. I was like, think about that ten thousand bucks uh-huh. a month. That was ten years ago. Oh yeah, kids today will never know how how real the struggle mm-hmm. was. I mean. Yeah. You know, now we get frustrated when we see hourglassing for like more than ten seconds. Right. And you know, we used to wait, have to wait for this? exactly. We used to have to this wait like part. five minutes just for the connection to shake hands and you know mm-hmm. talky to each other. So yep. yeah. Although there was something very comforting about that dial-up tone. Oh yeah, addictive. It's mm-hmm. just one of those soothing. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like you've watched that movie. Uh, you've got mail. You know, you hear the, yes. the logging in noise and boom, boom, boom. Uh-huh. Like, you've got mail. 
I kind of, I think we still, well, that's how we're wired, right? Yeah, all yeah. these notifications. That's why they say if you want to increase your productivity, like turn off all the notifications on your computer. Right. So that way if you're focusing on something, you don't see the little pop-up that's mm-hmm. like, oh, this email came in or whatever. Like, don't do that. You know, yeah. that way you can actually focus. Yeah, I'm going to try to be more um, focused and organized this year. Wish Good. me luck. Hey, we'll see. I got your back. I know. Well, there's a lot of tools and I think uh, part of the problem is different logins, you know, mm-hmm. different email addresses. I've got some accounts that still have my login and still my old work email. Oh, wow. I know. Yeah. And so th- there's workarounds. You know, mm-hmm. you got to be able to go into that account. And if, and then I can never remember the passwords. Well, uh, I, th- I, can't I think it's one of the things where uh, the password's turning into phone numbers, like people's phone number. Oh, like do you know my phone number? No, you don't. Yeah, you know it's, it's just Jerry on your phone. Right, that's my phone number to you. Oh, totally. Well, I know what the, the actual numbers are. It's like most people, you know, it's like if you lost your phone, you got stranded downtown. It's like holy crap, I don't even know how to call somebody. The only phone number I know is my husband's, and it's because we've been together two decades, and he's had the right. same cell phone number. Right, and that's the only yeah. And, because back in the day, you know, probably the same with my wife. Like that's, I think right. that's the only number that I could dial. actually, yeah, recall. I yeah. know. I was like, God, this sucks. Because I had a situation where I needed to know more phone numbers, and that was the only one. Well, that's a, <laughs> I um, like, what? My iTunes account was locked on to a phone, an old work phone. Oh no! See, that that's they, the type of stuff that's happening to me. Oh, I hate this, and because Cheetos. <laughs> Uh, Cheetah. Cheetah wants to be our We mascot. have silent guests. That's uh, right. Trying to get some loving. Yeah, he's trying. Puppy dog. Um, so yeah, your yeah. iTunes. So I-, I can't get into it and to reset or anything because it's trying to send me a, an unlocked code. I know. To an old work number that I haven't had in five years. So frustrating. So frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I want to get all that together. I want to start using, uh, leveraging OneNote because a lot of people have a mm-hmm. lot of positive things to say about OneNote. Mm-hmm. I want to uh, advance my skill set in JetBuilt because I do like the platform. Yeah. I have had a chance to work on it, mm-hmm. as you know, oh. at your recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I'll see Dr. Walter Black at uh, ISC, so mm-hmm. I look forward to talking to him. Um because he talks a lot about that, and, and then the, a software program he does that integrates with JetBuilt that does all the uh, the renderings the, and the oh okay yeah yeah all the elevations and stuff based on the part numbers It's pretty cool oh okay yeah he's a CAD expert yeah three D Revit blah 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 right um, yeah so he's a really sharp guy so uh, yeah so I'm looking forward to that um, as well and I don't know. What are, what are your goals? Now, for the record, Jerry, I want everybody to know that uh, you were pre-diabetic and you went on a, a diet. You completely okay. overhauled your lifestyle this My year. Mm-hmm. And you lost a lot of weight and you look great, Thank actually. You. How much weight did you lose? Do you mind sharing? It's about her? 30 pounds. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. I look so cute when I'm 30 pounds lighter. I need to try to do that, too. I'm just like such a glutton, though. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, my God. Well, it's difficult I since you're... food. Yeah, I love food too. It's I know. now it's like, but there's there's works around. You know, it's I think what what we're doing uh, both so everybody knows both my wife and I have the same issue where we're we're diabetic or we are diabetic. Now we're just our goal really is not about the weight loss, but more about managing the our your our, health, our health. Yeah. yeah, 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 and keeping that A one C low. So. Last couple of doctor visits, when you go in, they're like, he was actually like, wow, keep it up. You're doing oh, yeah. awesome. You know? Well, it's really nice because so often your doctor's not proud of you. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> pr- pr- prior to that, it was yeah. more like, oh, man, here I go. I got to missed out my doctor. Uh, exactly. So, yeah, that's good. And it's positive reinforcement because you no. want them to be happy with you. And then when they're like, oh, this your numbers look great. And, you know, you look great. And right. keep it up. And, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, uh and Laura looks great too. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah she's, she's she looks lost a lot even more beautiful than she already did. So. Yeah, we we've had to a couple months ago we did a big you know, goodwill donation. Uh-huh. We're just their stuff doesn't fit anymore. Oh, nice. You know, That's it. I never throw those away. I'm currently wearing my fat clothes now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I have a whole set and then when I when I cuz I go back and forth and so when I lose weight then it all goes to a different closet. <laughs> uh, and then I'm like I'm I should give those away or I should and then I'm like no. It's like your reserve parachute. Uh-huh, yeah. Exactly cuz I get scared. I'm like nah, what if I gain weight again, you know. Uh so but uh but no that that is a good feeling. It's yeah. nice. Yeah. That's what I'm like, oh what are you wearing? That's too big on you. You're like oh stop. <laughs> Go yeah. ahead, say that again. Can I can I tape that? <laughs> Hang on, let me let me record you. Uh, so that's good. So you your your health is doing great. So yeah, you already got that in check. Um, I've been almost trying to do everything. I'm actually trying to whittle down the amount of projects I have, personal projects. Yeah, because I. My hobby is, seems to be to pick up other hobbies. I know, I know, but you you have a, you have a keen interest in many things, and I actually I like that about you. That's one of the things I like is that right. you. Have, but it is hard to do. It's yeah, it's very. I've gotten to the point where it's like uh, I can't focus on any one thing. Yeah, because when I get started on a project, like I said, you know, it's right here. Uh, I have a big CNC mill. Yes, I remember do, all your CNC projects. My CNC project, but to get to it. Um, uh, you know, dog screaming to be let out, but anyways. Um, so, but yeah, to get to one project, you end up having to move stuff around, and then you're like, "Ooh, what about this project?" Uh-huh. So, I, I basically I have a lot of eighty percent projects. That <laughs> they're at eight, they're stuck at eighty yeah, percent. You're good at starting. You just have not gotten it done. Well, I think that's hard for a lot of people, though. You right. know, I mean, well, uh, I comfort myself and just I realize that what I what I really love is learning how to do things. Yeah. That's what drives it. That's cool. I love learning how to, you know, run a machine, running a lathe. Uh, I like, you know, firearms. Uh, I, I make my own ammunition. All, you know, so it, oh, each one of these cool. things are. Well, so I was thinking we might do one of our local women's council events at the um, Athena Gun Club. Would you come? Yeah. If Absolutely. I did it there? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I just thought that would be cool. I don't know. Does you know what would be even cooler? Do people outside of Houston think that's creepy? I wonder. I don't. You know, it depends on on on, on, on on the individual. Or my Canadian friends yeah, might yeah, be. Canadians, or, you know, I've lost them. West Coast like, people. Why would you want to do that? New York What's wrong with you? Not, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But. But here, I don't know. I mean, because if you don't, I mean, it's not like everybody would have to. Mm-hmm. It, well, first of all, you don't have to go if you're not interested. That would be right. thing number one. Right. Um, and if you don't normally shoot firearms, uh, there is a, a safety class, right? right and it's exactly. only 15 minutes, but you, it starts with safety first, just like right. we do on all of our projects, actually, um, in AV. Mm-hmm. So, uh and we just there's so many people that uh, do actually love to go to firing ranges and stuff. I don't know. I right. just thought that would be something different. Well, it is something different. It's not your typical. Oh, let's go. You know, hit balls. You know, uh, at you know the golf, top golf, top right. golf, yeah, and yeah, yeah. You know, eat some pizza or whatever. It is something unusual, and it, it 
I think we might yeah. generate more interest I if, so I, if I just come up with a bunch of different types of things. Not right. everything will appeal to everyone, or the timing might not be right, but it's right. kind of my attempt at uh, exposing as many people as possible and right. casting the net wide so they can evaluate if they'd like to participate right. and support and exactly, all that stuff. Yeah. So, no, I think that's a great idea. Oh, good, good. <sighs> yeah, so... um. I don't even remember what we were talking about, but I'm sure it was really riveting. It was riveting. Yeah. Of course. Um, but no, I'm excited. And I am, I think part of it is uh, we'll put together a schedule and we'll be more consistent because that yes. was something that you were asking of me. Yes. Um, and us. So that way people can know that we will be releasing episodes on a regular schedule and, and all that good stuff. And a lot of people have been asking, all, all six of our listeners. Who participated last year? Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. I don't know what Cheetah's doing down here. He's having a. Oh, he's got his toy. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited. Lots of uh, lots of good people have agreed to yes. to come on and be guests, and I want to have people come back that uh, enjoyed participating and, and have them be a part of it as well. Excellent. Yeah, me too. That's gonna be fun. I think it's going to be a fun year for us. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. And I think we can get some sponsorship. I, I, I think, think so, too. Yeah, I think we'll get some sponsorship to offset some of the cost mm -hmm. um, associated with it. And also, um, I do want to also interview some um, some of the other podcasters, AV podcasters. Oh, yeah, that'd be yeah, fun. I, yeah, I think you I would like that. that. Yeah, because yeah. there's we, there's people all over the country and all over the world, quite right. frankly, uh, that are putting together some, some pretty cool podcasts. And I want to um, obviously expose, you know, other people to their podcasts as well. I mean, we right. all, you know, because a lot of people will follow all the AV Nation podcasts, you know, because Tim has such a great platform. And so there's a lot of awareness and uh, and the same with the Rave Pubs po uh, podcast and mm -hmm. stuff. So I think it'll be nice to uh, to get some other people some exposure that aren't part of these larger media, professional media organizations. Right. Yeah, you know? that, yeah, that's Kind yeah. of like to help each other out. Yeah, exactly. You know, work together. I thought uh, one of the things that I really liked last year was that uh, Chris Neto put together the Starin Base Camp at Infocom. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was mm -hmm. really cool and thoughtful and um, generous of, of yeah, Starin, I thought. <laughs> like, yeah, wow. All we had to do was show up well, with a laptop, which we didn't. We had to go fetch right, the laptop. I, I just wasn't thinking. It's so hard having to work a booth. I mean, honestly, the only reason I don't want to work directly for a manufacturer is... The booth. It's the booth duty. I know, and I hate to be such a crybaby. I don't mind being at a booth. I just don't want to have to be at the booth mm. for the entire duration. Because right. I, I, I felt like, I don't know, and it, it was Orlando. I enjoy Vegas a little bit more. Um, I don't know why. Um Probably because I had never been to Vegas and still I, until I got into Pro-AV. Really? Yeah. Wow. So my, my first trip to Vegas was in my 40s. It was for NAB back in 2012. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know. I sound stupid, right? That I've never been to Vegas. I just, I don't know. I, I hadn't even been a travel agent. I, fi I figured you'd live there almost. No, no, no. I had never been. Um, but uh, I, I do like it. Well, there's a lot... There's a lot more things for you to do with people, like places to go and, yeah. and stuff. International. Not, it's not all built around conventions. There's other. Yes. There's another. Whereas Orlando's pretty much you either at a theme park or, uh -huh. or at a convention. Right. 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 So Vegas, uh, there's it kind of has its own vibe of its own. Yeah. You know. With Although the, I did, it, I did stuff. enjoy, I did enjoy Infocom this year. I mean. It it was good. Yeah. Um. You did have that foot injury, so. Yeah. 
in the, the future we'll blister, yeah. check the soles of your shoes before you go. Yeah, so absolutely. we have one more thing we've added to the checklist. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think this year will be really good. So uh, I think that's something that's uh, worthwhile. I would like to go to the digital signage expo. I don't. Yeah, yeah and I you don't. You know what? That that that's another just that's another kind of thing that's coming up where it's, it's so being it it is so inundated. Uh-huh. With options, that yes. it's really hard. It's, it's gotten really hard to navigate and finding out yeah. who can do what. There are well, right, and there a lot of them are based on different strategies. Right. You know, hardware strategies, software strategies, managed strategy, and there's a lot of good product. You mm-hmm. know, and right. And since most integrators don't focus on digital signage, right? It's an add-on. It's yeah, a, it's a and, add. but I think it could be more fun. And so, I think so too. yeah, and so now that I'm going to be working um, as a consultant with Userful, I'm I'm going both both feet in on digital signage yeah, this year. Yeah, and then, then I can uh, tap your knowledge on that. Oh, absolutely. Well, and one of the nice things is uh, Nicole Hawthorne, that's mm-hmm. uh, one of the new uh, women's council leaders here in Houston, uh, as a marketing person, she knows how to do content generation, mm-hmm. and so. I think that's helpful, you know, having a resource. Right. Um, and there's other resources for integrators. You know, a lot of people don't know that Almo Pro AV, mm-hmm. the distributor, has content creation. If you need that for your client, they will mm-hmm. act on your mm-hmm. behalf um, as an agent of you to help the client, you know, to, yeah. to develop their content. So knowing resources that are out there. Well, what I find as a, as a designer, the, the biggest challenge is actually getting the information I need from people manufacturers websites yeah because everything everybody who does digital signage mm-hmm. they're all ten thousand view web pages ten thousand foot view ten thousand foot view yeah and like don't tell me your concept you're not answering my question i need to know how how is this done can you do it yeah and what boxes do I need? Yeah, what does it take? What does it take for like that? that and they don't really outline yeah. it. What's, what does the signal flow look like? Right, exactly. I know. Yeah, I think for many manufacturers, uh, well, it's just like anybody. Yeah. Always room for improvement on yeah. the website. You know, yeah. and I, just me, I was trying to come up with submittals for a project. Oh, my God. Oh, I the empathy for the engineers. Mm-hmm. Because... Not everybody puts the information where you need it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no! You know, and so then in, anyway, just trying to put that together. Or I mean, some people had like seven page PDF that is the submittal document, and I'm like, seven pages for it? it's one device. What? Why is there seven pages on this? Anyway, right. um, yeah. No, and and some of it is information you don't need, you know. Right. So, uh, yeah, I definitely. Why well, I, I think there should be a standard, but that's just there me. Should wishful be. thinking. I, I wish don't. somebody would standardize like consultant specs on projects because there's there's a new consultant that's I think just getting into AV. Okay, that's scary. That's terrifying. Well, they're they're bigger established consultancy, uh-huh. but I think AV is new to them. Okay. And in the last three, so months, you mean they they have a dude. They that's might, you, that's, that's usually that's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, and they have a guy. A guy. And he's an right. AV guy. All right. But the they have a written spec that's not a hundred percent there. Uh huh. Then they have in the drawings they have a legend. Uh huh. Then they have the equipment layout. So you're having to really 
just to break up, just to do a takeoff mm-hmm. on what they always like. What do they want? Yeah. You have to look constantly for every item, go to four different pages. Oh, yeah. Drawing. So it's like, okay, I got, I got, you know, here's the outline of this room. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is device 001, da, da, whatever. What is that? Yeah. Well, there's a legend on somewhere on that page that says 001 is a VTC. Okay, what does VTC yeah. mean? So now I got to go to the legend on page one. Mm-hmm. It says VTC one. In this type of room is this, and this, is, and then I have to go to the written spec and say, okay, what's what is VTC for this room type? You know, uh, so it's like yeah. you have to. It's just it's. So how would you fix that problem? What how how would you have have them lay that information out so that it is well, easier to work with? It is it, since it is a consultant spec, uh-huh. and they're specifying the product where and when. When it's like, give me a bomb. Oh yeah, right. You know, I know David's a consultant. Uh-huh. His company does that. They do. You know, it's like, hey, go to go to Appendix G. Mm-hmm. Here's the Wait, bomb. It, this is the bomb. Do you find that just by looking at the bomb, you often already have a general idea of how it's engineered? Yeah. Right? Because yeah, it's products that you normally use. Right. There might be one or two things that you haven't seen before. You might have to go see what no. they are, what they do, what they accomplish. Right. But, you know, and you're the, generally the, like, oh, okay, we've got 15 huddle rooms yeah, and, and they're doing the this. scary part is on a couple of them I've... They specify an actual touch panel, uh-huh. like a control. Some the, the panel you would use inside of the room to operate the room. Okay. They specify that panel uh-huh. as the room scheduler. Oh. So I RFI the questions like, you know, you you specify the TSW seven sixty four uh-huh. scheduler to go. Do you, do you mean to specify a TSS, which is the, an actual scheduler right. panel that has yeah. the red and the green lights? Since the application is room scheduling, might we want to use the appropriate device right. as the and room? He's like, no, use the TSW. He's like, all right. Well, no, that's just stupid. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, like. Really? Yeah. Oh. So, so now I see. Now I, I've 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 lost confidence in that unknown consultant because it's like I I would because I want to know a reason why. Mm-hmm. Like so, why would you use the room controller as the room scheduler when they make a scheduler? I mean, if they could explain to me why that they want that, what, right? Regardless of it could be. Because they want to have spares and they want to be able to hot swap, and so if it's just one thing, okay, fine. Eh, I still don't go with it, but at least you well, it makes some sense because you know one of the big sales on the room scheduler is that you have room uh, occupancy. Yes. You know. Yeah. yeah. Feedback. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know, where you have the green lights, red lights, letting you know so there's rooms occupied or it's booked. Or right. Or there's used. triggers. You know, like if the, exactly. yeah, you hit the occupancy sensor and then the lights come on or what? Right. Other b- b- programming behind that that's tied in. Right. So, yeah. You know. But again, twice I asked the same question for two different projects. It's like, is you know, is that what you want? It's like, yeah, is that a is that a typo? No, no, mm, no. no carry one. on, do as you're told. Yeah, please much. stop. So please like, stop asking these questions. Yeah. And unfortunately, <laughs> we we get these uh, like we'll have that same spec for a particular, and they're actually big projects. They're you know full billing. I believe they're more of a cabling and. Mm-hmm. Type consultants. Okay. That just got a Navy guy, I guess. Yeah. And, but, well, uh, we all start out as dabblers. That's true. <laughs> I mean, that was me. I was a total AV idiot, right? right? And yeah, so, well, and that's, I think, one of the things that people that aren't in our industry don't appreciate yeah. is that there's so much to know. Like, you will never know everything. It's just impossible, right. you know? Exactly. Um, but yet, there's, there's always people that you can ask. And it, it, it looks very straightforward mm-hmm. on the surface, but it's not until you get into it 
to get into the weeds that you realize how much more complicated it is. It is not designing a network infrastructure. Network infrastructure is very, you know, we're dividing by what, 24? You know, do you need right. a 24 port, a 48 port, 96 port patch panel? You know, how many drops are there? Okay, I can do math. You know, right. it, that tends to be much more straightforward. And right, but it doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. It doesn't because we're, you know, People just have to deal on the network side. This is how the company wants it architected. This is it. There's X number of drops in the room, period. For us, we have to know how the room's going to be used, right? And right. what the what culture the is. What the expectations Absolutely. are. Absolutely. You know? Mm-hmm. And so when you're starting with how something is used, it, it, you can get very different results every time. Uh, yeah, I love, I love the... Some people use, they'll use like, oh, this is room type one, room type two. It's like, well, this is room type one, except... It's not, with exception A, you know. Yeah. It's like, oh, all the rooms at times, it should go easy. It's like, no, it's not, because room type one is no longer room type one. Now you got room type 1.1. 1. 1, yeah, 1A, 1 1B, 1C. Exactly. And so. now they're all different rooms. Well, it was interesting because um, the people that chose the products for five years ago for the new ExxonMobil campus, which is now not new, um, or relatively new, uh, mm-hmm. are not the people that ended up having to manage it, right? right? The employees. And so those that ended up managing it realized that it, the decisions that were made weren't made in a way for them to effectively manage it. So he said, mm-hmm. you know, well, we have standardized rooms. And I said, oh, okay, great. Um, you know, how many room types are there? 27. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I just, I had to bite my tongue because I'm like, that's not you didn't standardize that's 27 different rooms oh my god you know i and i get that sometimes you have an av space that is not a room right because right. people want people to be able to collaborate in the break room let's say you know right. ad hoc right or something along those lines but 27 is not sta- like oh, it, i live that hell you know? i know and i'm like that's not no it's not no it's not um but, uh, you know, they were trying to correct that, you know, right. and modify it because, you know, they were at that point, I think they had been on the campus for like three years. So they were looking at the technology refresh and mm-hmm. how they were going to continue to pare that down and, and get more of a handle. And to their credit, if you've never done something like that before, right. you might think that, yes, we've come up with 27 different types of rooms. And so that means we've standardized. Yeah, there's a lot more efficiencies that can be recognized when you pare that down. <laughs> right, exactly. Right? That will help you, you know, get to whatever your strategic goal is for that. Um, but, you know, it's a learning process. Mm-hmm. Or some people have never been part of a new construction process. Right. That's, you know, that's an issue I'm having to deal with now is that the, the city government – they haven't oh, built a lot of things in the last five decades. So as a result, they don't, you know, normally you're dealing with like the public works department of a city government mm-hmm. when they're building a new building. Oh, no, not this city. They just came up with a whole new department they created. I don't even know what the name of it is. I can't yeah. recall it. But it's a department of friends and family. <laughs> I think of the mayor. Yeah. And they none of them, none of them have ever done a new construction project. And yet yeah. they're, quote, unquote, over this project. And it's it's a, it's a little, it's scary. Oh, yeah. it's it's Because uh... you're dealing with a bunch of neophytes now. And, yeah. and you've got this certain knowledge. And they'll say things and you're like, but that's not how it works. This is a construction project, you know? And, oh, yeah. Because they don't know. And they're like, well, why don't blah, blah, blah? And you're like, mm, no, because that's just not how it works. Uh, you know, and you don't want to, you can't be rude about it, you right. know, because they're a customer. You don't want to, you know, offend them right. in some way. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, 
Yeah. There's a learning curve for everything. That's oh, yeah, what that, I tell everybody. I've never been a fan of working in kind of government anything. Yeah. It, the it's, closest thing is, but I also don't like the process of doing stuff for the military. Because they, they, the, the military, it's actually is standardized. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. this is the products you're allowed to use. Period. Period. Mm-hmm. You cannot use this, 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 this. You know, so there's very strict guidelines. But along with that comes with a lot of, you know, just behind this just bureaucracy. Yeah. And trying to do a project with them. Well, well something I noticed, uh, which is so sad, uh, my husband used to work on a lot of VA projects. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I used to, and he was not on the audiovisual side. Um, he's right. a technology consultant. But they their package often they did have audiovisual professionals, um, consultants within his organization. And so just looking at some of the standards, I'm like, when were these standards written? Like 1972? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're so antiquated. And it's a, like a, they're actually building a, a nice brand new facility for the veterans in Dallas or wherever, right? right? And so you want to be excited that the we're doing nice things for veterans that have gone to war for us. And then you look at the technology, and because technology moves so fast and the government moves so slow, Right. Oh, it's, yeah, there's a real disjoint, you know, and and so um, I could see how that would be very frustrating. Yeah. I mean, you know. It is. There's all kinds of weirdness with them. Yeah. Yeah. So what else? What you got? Uh, Actually, no, kind of just keep on doing doing the things, you know. Yeah. Doing, I I don't see a whole lot of uh, massive technology advancements yeah i hadn't really noticed anything so it's kinda, you know it, it's consistently uh, almost everything that we talked about in this past year yeah uh, seasons it's just it's coming to fruition yeah you know the the hard codecs are going away people are using bring your own device room so it's actually there's a big simplification yes i do see that um and the culture is kind of adapting to it and some of them some of them are like right now i have a very big project that we're probably going to finish up by february Mm -hmm. where there's not a single vc camera in the whole project but that's the culture of that company really no cameras no cameras not a single one not a single video they don't they don't do any video conferencing yeah this is an energy company that has assets all over the place so we're trying to bring them into that yeah expose them to that if you will like let's it's like let's do one room. Uh-huh. You know. And when you have that weekly meeting with your team in Louisiana, yeah. You can see each other. Yeah, that might be more meaningful. Well, I had sold back in 2009, I was selling that soft codec mm-hmm. solution that a a, a voice over IP um company had mm-hmm. developed for their dealers. Right. I was not selling voice over IP because I'm a data girl and we think we're better than voice people. It, that's just everybody's got their own inherent right. biases. <laughs> um, and uh, so I refused to sell any of the voice over IP. But I was selling the soft codec solution. And it was a Japanese chemical company that's mm-hmm. uh, uh, down in Pasadena, a suburb of Houston. And what was so interesting for them is, you know, the employees just liked it just so they could talk to their family even. Uh, you know, right. they, they didn't really care about talking, you know, on a business level, but just having that as a as a benefit, um, they they really enjoyed. And uh, 
So I thought that was kind of uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I felt like I was doing good. The most frustrating project was another Japanese chemicals company this past year, and we uh, the integrator had put in some of the Clear One hardware codex, right. which is the old uh, Vicon mm-hmm. out of Israel. Uh, that was an acquisition they did. Uh, I want to say seven eight years ago, and um, they kept trying to blame. Lack of of uh, connectivity, interoperability on the hardware based appliance, and that happens to be one that you can get the Skype license, so you could do Skype, uh, or mm-hmm. you could do H.263. You know, I mean, you had all these different ways that you could conference. Well, the drawback was on the far end in Japan, they weren't using professional Skype. <laughs> Because professional oh. Skype, as we know, is really link. So they were right. trying to connect a personal Skype, which is Skype, to link, which is Skype for business, right. which is not the same product and does not, and the, the twain never shall meet. Right. And oh my God, I swear there must have been 40 hours of troubleshooting on this. And I'm just thanks a lot, Microsoft. That's all I want to say. I never thought they should have changed link to Skype for business, but that's just me. And now it's going to 365. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. And then, oh, I know. I sent out a stupid, okay, so a lot of people that I work with, uh, they use Google as their platform. Mm -hmm. And I do like Outlook because I've worked in Outlook for Mm -hmm. so long now. And so I had somebody message me the other day and they said, so are we going on this walkthrough? Um, because you just sent, you know, you sent the invite, but it just has like the Google Hangouts on it. And I was like, oh, my God, because in Google, it defaults to add a Google Hangouts meeting to your invite unless you take it off and say there's not a Google Hangout, you know, really? option for. Yes. And me, I was just trying to get something on the books. I mean, everybody knew what we were doing and when we were doing it. You know, there's only three of us. Yeah, I just wanted it on the calendar, but I didn't go in and check. And I was like, you know, I went in and looked. I was like, dang you, Google, you know, like, because who does use Google Hangouts outside of Google Corporation? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't, I've never done a Google Hangout with anybody. Yeah. And now it seems like everybody's all about Teams and, you know, all that. That seemed to be the hot thing for a lot of my enterprise customers. Yeah, our company, they're, they're adopting Teams, right? You know, but, you know, and I, I guess my company's almost like a, prime example of companies changing the culture yes we're you know we're an av integrator for pretty successful one mm-hmm. been doing it for you know the company's existed for 20 years yep um half of the people don't turn on their skype for business really they just don't they're it's inactive they'll get up out of their chair mm-hmm. walk across the building yeah hey joe blow yeah can you do this like <laughs> Uh, it's like turn on your thing. You yes, know? yeah, and it, it, it's a cultural mindset. It has to be a mandate, right? It, it really does. Well, and if people have never leveraged technology to their benefit, then they don't know what a benefit it could be. Exactly. When my husband uh, was managing the data centers, all the data centers in the U.S. for Hewlett Packard, mm-hmm. so he was on site at the HP camp- campus, and back then they all used Jabber. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, instant messaging was not a big thing. I mean, I don't even think I text message back in those days, you know, like they were kind of advanced, mm-hmm. right? Um, but they loved it. I mean, th- this was a critical tool because you had this huge campus that used to be compact, right? And so people were, you know, often a 15 to 30 minute walk away, depending upon what building they're right. in or, you know, and that was the way that they could effectively and easily communicate. I do think it almost has to be a mandate. Um, yeah, because I've even noticed from doing a lot of podcasting and stuff, um, and I, don't, I like video conferencing, so right. video conferencing is good for me. Um, but a lot of times we'll get on a, a group video conference, and a lot of people don't want to turn their cameras on. Right, and it's like, ah, uh, you know, can you please turn your camera on? You know, it almost has to be forced. Right, you know, uh, and I get it. Maybe you're having a bad hair day. I mean, please, I had a fever blister outbreak that I looked like total Quasimoto and I still turned my video on for the call with the client. Of course, I think I had all the lights off, so they might have thought I was in a cave because I, I didn't want them to really be able to see how like horribly disfigured I felt my face was from recovering from right. this stupid, you know, fever blister outbreak. Um, but I still turned the dang camera on just because having that communication and seeing right. someone's face, that's the whole point. Yeah, Otherwise, why didn't we just the- have a conference call? Right, yeah. right, and, and but there is a benefit to it, and I think people tend to participate more. Yes, when yeah. there's a visual attached to it. Yeah, I would you agree. Know, that, you know, even if they're just in there, like shake, you know, yeah. nodding their head or shaking their head no, or. But what? I, okay, so pet peeves on video conferencing. Mm-hmm. Um, when who the host, whoever the host is, doesn't know how to mute all the participant mics. Mm-hmm. That's part A of the pet peeve. And then part B, because they don't know how to mute everyone's mics, which please don't use a platform unless you figure Google how to mute all the (laughs) participants' mics, um, is that there's someone and that person doesn't realize, even though everybody's been told like a dozen times, please mute your your microphones, Mm -hmm. um, they don't have theirs. And then they start like having a sidebar conversation with a coworker or their dogs start barking in the background. Right. And and the person who's speaking is is trying to keep going, but it's so distracting, you know, and then somebody jumps in. It's like, "Um, can everybody please mute their mics? Uh, You know, and it's like there's that one person that is totally lacking awareness and that. So. I wish I, I hope everybody's more polite yeah. and thoughtful on their video conferences uh, because, yeah, just, you know, or, you know, I, w- I would rather you be muted and forget you're muted and start talking. And then everybody goes, oh, you're muted, you're muted. And then you have to come back on. You're right. like, oh, I'm sorry. I'd rather that than having someone, you know, trying to give meaningful information and being interrupted, you know, right. because of yeah. all of this other noise you're introducing into the call. No, that makes absolute sense. So, um, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for a wonderful season and a, a wonderful thank year. Thank you to Look our listeners. To, we yeah. always we appreciate Love them. Love you two guys. That's right, y'all. <laughs> you two guys are the best. Or maybe three. Uh, th- I, there might be a girl in the mix, two and guys girl. and a girl. Um, but no, we do. It's also a movie. <laughs> yeah, We're so original. Um, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to a great 2020. Um, yeah. Just yeah an awesome season. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of stuff in the plans and... Uh, and hopefully we'll be able to produce more and more consistent. Yeah, That's more consistent. And I'm I'm excited that um, that we're going to be doing um, ISC for mostly AV this year. Yay. That's awesome. I love yeah, it. yeah. Th- I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I love 
interviewing uh, the manufacturers. It's usually one of the engineers. Right. Um, and, or sometimes it's like a VP of sales or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. And I do interviews on uh, – because that show has everybody. So it's like they've got the live events, you right. know, side of it. They've got the Cedia. So I end up interviewing both uh, Cedia as well as Infocom type manufacturers. Right. right. But there's a lot of cool stuff that comes out on the Resi side. So I, for me, that's good because I don't know a lot. So I don't have a lot right. of preconceived ideas. Um, and so that's, that's always fun learning about cool stuff that's going on in home automation and, and that side of the equation, because a lot of times, you know, it starts there, right. And then right. it comes to us. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so that'll be pretty cool. Excellent. Yeah. Definitely looking forward to you. And thanks everybody for spending your uh, time with us. Yes. Hearing us out. That's and- right. If you like us, give us five stars on whatever platform you might be listening. And if you don't, give us five stars. Exactly. Always give us five stars. That's right. We appreciate it. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, take care, and we'll see you next episode. Yep. Sounds good. Bye.